hello and welcome back to the Rethink podcast. Just in case you think this might be a new presenter, this is in fact me, Rachel Corsi, with my old and improved <laughs> Scottish accent. Um, I can tell already it's drifted back to American. Um, anyway, hello, it's good to be back. I have been gone for seven weeks, unbelievably. Um, and yeah, I'm obviously here with my co-host, Erica Timrak. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back in the studio. And Corsi, it is so great to have you back. Seven weeks without you has been unlivable. <laughs> that's extremely hard to believe. I think that says more about the people who are here than about me. Anyway, um, just before we came on air, Erica told me this was a therapy session. So listeners, be prepared for some heated yes. emotional outbursts, some very Scottish words. All, um, all opinions and views are from us and not from the club. <laughs> there might be a few offside statements, arguments, but... It's what we're here for. Right. Okay. Let's get rolling. All right. Let's do it. Where are we starting? Um, well, <laughs> before we get into the nitty gritty, I would just like to ask how your progress has been going with your 10,000 followers <laughs> on Instagram. You know what? I was so optimistic. So optimistic when I first got home. Um, there was a little surge. Don't know what from. <laughs> Did you post a bikini pic or something? Despite Haley Kottmeyer's advice, there was no... <laughs> excessive skin shown on any pictures wow um anyway i am 8921 so you're something. about a thousand away from the big 10k you're right okay well on top of that slow and steady wins the race apparently i <laughs> okay. sure in that actually um skyler our wonderful video content producer um told me that i should apply you can go on instagram you can go in the settings you can go down to whatever section it is and ask to be verified okay straightforward sure <laughs> ask to be famous <laughs> and maybe they have this function just to bring people back down to earth because <laughs> it's like a gut she check. was like the club are trying to maybe you know speak to people they know blah 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 um had similar conversations in scotland the people in scotland the sfa were trying uh, to do the same i was like oh, this has got work no reply so they were like yeah you can just do it yourself so i'm like brill here we go <laughs> <laughs> nothing like an ego drag than to ask for a blue check yourself <laughs> Oh man, Here's my ego the just world under, we live in. Under yeah. your foot is your stamping on it. Um, so, moral of the story is that you don't. I don't, and within 12 hours they reassured me I wasn't verified <laughs> by leaving a little notification to tell me so. So that was brilliant, so that oh, was yesterday, man. as if All I right. wasn't feeling low enough. There we go. Um, okay, so wow. I'm the unofficial Rachel Corsi 14, FYI. Alright, but it's looking up because on Twitter you're 10k. Oh, I made it. Which is a I'm huge there. deal because that means people really want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't how you put it earlier. <laughs> it was that my pictures don't look great. Sick. Uh, that's Sick. not. You're right. right. I, most of them are poor. Um, all right. Let's transition to our okay. first talking point. Yeah. Uh, World Cup, baby. Yeah. It seems so long ago since I was actually back home for that. But um, I want to start because this was a really, really big positive. It's a big step for women's football back home. Um the association allowed us to play at the men's national stadium, or it's not necessarily the men's national stadium, it's where the men's team always play, it is the national stadium. Um, for some of the girls, it was the first time they'd ever played there. It was only the second time for, I think, the rest of us who had played there before. So it was a pretty big occasion. Um, and we really weren't sure what the attendance would be like, but as a group, we tried to push as much as we could to make sure that there was a big turnout. And um, prior to this, our record was 4,500. Okay. Um, so we were optimistic we could beat that. Sure. Um, the association kind of said, well, you know, 10 would be great. And I was like, let's aim for 25. If we aim for 25 and we get 15. 15. Yeah, it's a win. Win. Yeah. Um, anyway, there was 
almost 19,000 there. Damn. Um, we played Jamaica. Um, it was just, yeah, and I think for a lot of the girls, that was just a special moment because... You um, history. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the growth of the game back home is... Um, it's definitely on the rise. Of course it's on the rise, but um, it's much further behind than I think yeah. some of the other top nations. And um, I would argue that we really punch well above our weight with how well we do on the pitch. Um, some of the players we have are exceptional. Um, and so that probably was one of just the huge moments that came out of the whole sort of six weeks that I spent combined at home and in France. Okay. Um, and then the next cool thing was we actually got a charter flight to the game. Oh, that's um, dope. Yeah, Logan Air sponsored us. Um, we got a cute little teddy bear with a tartan kilt. Oh, right, it's a very Scottish. <laughs> and that's Erica's English accent once again. <laughs> cool. That's cool though, because I feel like that's the way professional athletes should travel. Yeah, well, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we did that whole thing that you know. <laughs> Where are you going with this one? <laughs> No, you know, you take that picture on the steps of the plane. Uh, like, yeah, getting it, like, into your private the red, jet. The red carpet's oh, out, and you're just like, you here we that? are. We got a team one, absolutely. All right. All right. And, you know, it's June 3rd, I think, in Scotland. We're in the the runway in Edinburgh. Torrential rain. Oh, Torrential. man. Everyone's, everyone's done their hair. Just, oh. if you didn't know, my hair goes incredibly frizzy. frizzy. And <laughs> there's a lot of volume. So... Um, um, you know what's crazy is like I think NBA guys are notorious for like that shot getting into the private jet because they play right. charter every game right um, and they always have their Louis Vuitton bags yeah, and under the arm. sun is shining yeah. they have their Balenciaga sunglasses mm-hmm. and it's it's so and it's so effortless too probably because right. they do it every other day but I like that the one moment you, yeah this you is our one shot your one, one shot, shot in the downpour. I mean Great. I'm not surprised like Scotland weather well we took it anyway <laughs> and it's a moment I'll remember <laughs> um, but yeah um, then we arrived in Nice that was where the first game was and I think this is it's a fun part but it's also a, diff- a tricky part I'm kind of torn on how I feel on this um, each of our group games was played in a different city um, and so quick run through of that um, our first game was in Nice we were right in the city cool. right on the beach surrounded by loads probably was our favourite place to stay at okay. all three second place we were in a place called Rennes which is sort of like northwest of the country and we're in this chateau. Um, it's very pretentious of you. Right. Um, and it was kind of like cabins and so secluded. Okay. Which we've already been together for three weeks at this point. Right. Or two and a half weeks. You need other interaction besides your team. Right. Right. So by, by day four and game day, you know, people yeah. needed their own space. Yeah, definitely. You would argue. Um, but it was good. It was different yeah. vibe. Yeah. Then the last game was in Paris, which was also just amazing because Paris is yeah. probably one of the most well-known cities in the world and yep. so much to see, so much to do. Um, so we're a little outside the city, which is probably a blessing, but um, we did get some time to explore. And I think outside of the football, you have to make your most of, make the most of sort of the whole experience. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, it was cool to be in Paris because I think um, there was a huge amount of fans in yeah. the city and from all countries and um, a lot to see and a lot to do. I think they did a good job with the media coverage um, over here because every time... They showed pre-game, post-game. They showed the city, and it was the streets were buzzing, and there was just an all-around excitement and genuine like excitement for women's football, which was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had so many friends and family come come to watch the game, and so did a lot of the girls. And I think that was arguably the best thing about it was it was so accessible for everyone back home, and so so yeah. many people came and supported us. I mean, I think there was 
eight thousand Scotland fans at the first game. That's wild. And there was seemingly fourteen to fifteen thousand at the Argentina game. And to think prior to this, we'd only ever had four and a half thousand at right. a home game. Right. To know that people are spending their summer, spending their money to come and watch us, I think was something that was just so new to us and so appreciate. Like, yeah, it's just—it's like you play for all those people. You yeah, know? and it was just amazing that they experienced it with us all. Um, That's sick. And yeah, just the outreach from everyone back home, people who took time to send messages. You know, ever I know everyone did like see and read every single one of them, and it can be hard in the moment. Some people don't like to be on their phone. Some people shut their phone down. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But I know that everyone felt that, and I know that it was a huge encouragement, and um, it really was quite overwhelming, and it's still overwhelming to look back on, and just to really feel grateful for that. And it, it as I say, it's something that's just such a new experience for us back home, and yeah, and we want to just continue that momentum for sure. Breaking barriers. It was so much fun watching you, and I think everybody who knows you uh, was so proud. And you could tell that there was an insane amount of pressure put on you as the captain, as the leader, as the voice for the team. And it was really cool because I think you did such a sophisticated job with taking that role. I'm serious. Thanks. And I know that like nice words never come out of my mouth, but <laughs> I'm very sincere when I say that. And right, I think that again. regardless of the result, I think every single but every single person that knows you was so proud of the way you were able to take that pressure and uh, harness it and just be such a strong leader for your team and for your country. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> just move to the next talking point. Then. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I mean, maybe that was something that was portrayed more here because I guess for maybe the the US media angle it was it made more sense to perhaps I don't know like talk more about me or perhaps I maybe had more camera time I felt like a lot of the girls did step up and we still have a young team and um there is also a lot of weight on my shoulders because that's the role of the captain and I think mm-hmm. um that maybe was re- something that was new that or maybe that I just didn't quite appreciate um before before even took on sort of the leadership role which always believed that I, I demonstrated that in the past and I've always tried to, to do my best and and to be a good example um but now I have a huge amount of respect for anyone who is you know their national team captain or even club captain I think that role has expanded now in the professional environment that we are in um and the bottom line is like such a small portion now is about the football because you have to consider so many other people for yourself yeah. and um that's certainly a huge challenge and especially an even bigger one every day when you're in a major tournament like that and it's the first time for every for everybody at a world cup you know staff players yeah like yeah of course we we did things that looking back we would do differently now um sure and i'm sure there's team i'm sure the usa who've been to every world cup to date like still the next tournament they'll look back and say yeah we want to do that differently and and they were the winners so i know that that's just part and parcel of being there and reflecting and getting better but for us it was there was so many challenges and it's it was so cool to be there and to be part of the first ever Scotland team to be there. Yeah. Um I just hope I really 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 hope that the players and and the players coming through as well just get another opportunity to be on that stage because yeah. um bottom line is so many of us if not all of us feel at this point still incredibly disappointed. Yeah. Over the way that it all ended and that's a really hard feeling as a professional to feel that to know that you essentially failed and what you set out to do is just one of the hardest things to kind of process. It's a tough pill to swallow, for sure. Um, and But at the other side of it, if you're not learning, you're not growing. Right. You know, so I think it was an incredible incredible experience for you. And 
I have no doubt that you're going to be a better player and a better leader from it. So, well, time will tell. Yeah. Um, so me and Corsi have this little quote we like to talk about. We always say well-behaved women rarely make history when we're <laughs> talking about hmm. which points to talk about on our podcast. <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of go into uh, VAR and kind of refereeing and it might uh, leave a bad taste in people's mouths, but we just kind of want to talk about it because we have opinions on it. And I know other people have opinions on it. And if, you know, we can't speak up about it, who's going to? Do you want to lead us? I don't know. Do I? Yeah. I feel like this is where you've just set me up for me to get a huge fine. No, uh, I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get fined from anyone. So I guess I can take the lead. You're just going to put your feet on the desk that are already there <laughs> and kick back. Yeah. Great. No, I mean, I think that the amount of VAR tweets... It was astronomical. Um, But I do think that as the game progresses, you're going to have things like VAR that are going to be thrown into the game and uh, rules being changed. And I think that's kind of just part of the sport growing. I think that it left a bad taste in some people's mouths because I think that the referees scrutinize the most ridiculous plays and rules. And I I do see the upside to it, Mm -hmm. but I also think it has the potential to ruin games and that's just my opinion on it right i think i, f- I just want to preface this i i do not in any way want this to sound from my perspective that i believe that var was the reason we didn't right. do better than we did okay i don't believe that like ultimately we need to be argentina we were three and a lot we threw away that lead that's on the team that's on the players and the staff who were in a position to control that to make decisions we messed up yeah we own that we absolutely have owned that like within our group we've reflected at this point we'll continue to do that we take responsibility yeah leave that there going to var i think i believe like you say it's for the benefit of the game in the long run it will become something that we're used to which whenever there's change naturally as human beings we go whoa i hate change i don't like it i don't want to do it right that's like our yeah with anything you know like the smallest thing like when you go to the supermarket and no longer they sell your favorite whatever it is you have to buy a different brand you're like i don't like it i'm not gonna like that i I like the one that i like why don't they have it creatures i have it yeah that's who we are so this was a big change so naturally it caused a lot of drama contention conversation criticism yeah whatever i felt similar to you they were very 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 we have a word pernickety does that translate here no Mm. It means like over critical, kind of like okay. they just were probably over scrutinizing okay. the smallest of things, but then other things seem to be very loose. Right. I mean, there's probably a, a, an endless list. The most obvious one was like the keepers being off their line. That yeah, seemed like that's the one I was talking about. And we obviously had a difficult situation where we were involved in that at the end of the Argentina game. Right. I think like two nights prior or one night prior, there was a similar scenario in the France game. Like, so it's not just us. When we like felt we were hard done by, I feel like there was a lot of decisions made that were like extremely harsh. I would say they were just like it's so radical and extreme that it's like, I think VR should be used. Is it offsides? Was the ball over the goal? Right. I mean, even then, though, some of the offsides now I don't understand. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And then it has you question if you actually know the game of soccer. Oh, right. And now it's to do with like, well, the defender played it. Well, defenders only playing it because they probably feel like there's a striker there. But if a defender plays it now, that striker's then onside. So what are you meant to do? You're meant to leave it? Well, that yeah. goes against everything you've ever been taught as a defender. Like, as a coach, what do you tell your players? Right. I completely leave agree. Leave it? Right. <laughs> well, I left. I thought they were offside, but actually they weren't. So I left. I mean, right. But as a player, you were taught you, you don't play leave it to the whistle. You play into the whistle. Yeah, so now I'm like, wow, that's like incredibly harsh yeah. on defenders as a defender. The handball rule seems also incredibly harsh on defenders. Yeah. And I get it, making it maybe more black and white is better. But like, you put a cross into the box 
at an angle where there's no chance you're going to score. You cross it to absolutely nobody. Like you've no other... Yeah. None of your teammates are in the box. You cross it to nothing. So there's no danger really. But it acts, it hits off someone's hand accidentally. Which right. when you jump, when you move, your hand is naturally like, in a, it has to be somewhere. Yes. It's unnatural to put it behind your back. Exactly. That's going to lead you to be off balance. And then someone's going to get hurt doing that. So that's not really great but either. But that's what people think. They're like, well, is it in a natural position? And I'm like, a natural position isn't by your side right. when you're jumping. Well, now they've, they've changed that though. The rule is now if your arm is outstretched, making your body bigger. I mean, that's like the definition of your arm. <laughs> Why we have arms, people? <laughs> No, but, you know, like, so, but then, so, back to my point, you cross it in to no danger, it hits your arm, it's a penalty. I'm like, yeah. surely that needs to be an indirect free kick, because it wasn't going to lead to a goal, but now somebody has a free shot to score. 100%, and I think that... It's just messy. It just, penalty kicks have been, were, like, such a... That was how every game was game decided, change. just exactly. about. Exactly, such a game changer in this tournament, in particular. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's frustrating, and, I mean, I can only imagine for someone who played in it, but... Yeah, and then, you know, I think we were very unlucky. Like, yeah, all the all the PKs we, wow, I just said PK, all the pen, all the pens we gave away. Um, I believe that by the by the rules now, yeah, like all of them were soft, but all of them probably were were fair. Like, yeah, yeah they could be given. Right. But then on the other hand, we had at least two that were ignored, that were no different to any of the others that were given. So now I'm that. like, yeah. well, this is the whole point of VR now. Like, so make it fair across the board. Yeah. And but, yeah, that was hard to take. That was hard to take. But again, that's just sport. You know, there's ups and downs. You, you ride the waves. Yeah. Um, um, I, it's It was tough. Like, yeah. I think it was, there wasn't enough experience of it either. I didn't play in one game prior to the World Cup where we used VR. So sure, it's to adjust to the rules is. Yeah, that's tough. It was tough also, and I don't think the referees got enough experience with it either in the same vein. So yeah. I think it was hard on them. I think they'll be really harshly scrutinised, and I think they should be, because I don't think they did get it right yeah. all the time. And of course they didn't, that's human nature. Um, yeah, for sure. But And I'm, it's okay that that happened, because hopefully it leads to improvement in the future. Yeah. Again, this could be an unpopular opinion, but I do think that the refereeing could have been a lot better. I think it was shocking. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, refs. Who'd be one? Yeah, and I'm not going to set you up because I know that you're probably contractually buying, <laughs> but I'm not. So, so you're going for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think one of the issues I have with it is that it's a women's tournament, and I think they try to get women's referees when I think it should be you get the best referees there are. If they happen to be all women, great, but don't not get the best because based off of gender sure i get the we it's a woman it's women's tournament we want to empower women but i'm like let's get the best that's how we truly empower the women's game by getting the absolute best and that's just yeah, my opinion on it no i agree with that um and i think sometimes we need to be careful when we are arguing for empowering women and lift women up and equality yeah and, and support one another i think like we need to we do need to be fair and i think that's a fair statement and major tournaments it should be the best and that really has no relation to your your gender for me exactly and certainly in that role um so yeah i don't think that's outrageous yeah uh marta gave a very empowering um statement after brazil got knocked out i'm just gonna read it so in case of our listeners didn't hear it um she said, it's wanting more, it's training more, it's taking care of yourself more. It's being ready to play 90 plus 30 minutes. This is what I ask 
of the girls. There's not going to be a Formiga forever. There's not going to be a Marta forever. There's not going to be a Christian forever. The women's game depends on you to survive. Yeah. And I do think, like, people got it. You have to get behind it for it to have any chance because the amount of publicity and fans and coverage that was on this World Cup was tremendous. Right. But I'm like, that's once every four years. Where is it in the NWSL? Where is it when we're playing, you know, league games or um, I don't know. I think that people idolize the World Cup players and I'm like, they play in leagues year round. Do people know that? Yeah. Oh, this is a this is a long discussion, I feel. But I told I totally agree with you and I think firstly I thought Martha's quote was exceptional and I, I know that she went on beyond that to talk about strength and where where you build that from when it comes from going through these tough situations and it, it's not always sunshine and happiness and and I thought that was so powerful for someone who people probably disregard that for someone with her accolades in her career people do probably just think like oh it's so great to be Martha but she actually has overcome a lot to get to get to where she is and she's one of the best of all time um and so I think that was a huge message to kids to fellow professionals to the world to to just listen and and show up If, if you care then show up um and so well done to her for being able to make such a powerful statement in such an intense moment um, for her personally, just after being knocked out of, of the World Cup. Um, I think her quote also, I mean, that was just a section of it, but she said, right. cry now so you can smile in the end. Yeah. Something similar to that. Yeah. Um, but what I think a legend. It, yeah, I think it's just such a powerful message. Like, it is amazing that we're able to play soccer professionally, but it is so hard. The road is unbelievably lonely at times um but you do it for the greater good and you do it because you love the game and i think that aspiring soccer players you need to really take it upon them to do their best to grow it i know that we're doing our best to grow it and to get it out there but it's about the next generation i think i think on that i i can have mixed feelings because i think it's a huge privilege i think it's a great career i think i'm so glad that i've done it i've tried it i'm, I'm still doing it um, there's still things I really want to achieve and I'm also part of this change whereby I'm kind of stuck in the middle whereby you see the success of the US national team you see what you can have what you can earn what yeah all, all of the that the opportunities yeah and then I also see the other side of that when I go home to my national team and we still have players who are amateur who still spend 9 to 5 Monday to Friday working to train at night and they get up to the you know like so there's still such a huge huge spectrum and yeah the differential is in a way actually getting bigger yeah and I think that's something that for me I'm more passionate about trying to help it's like equality means not just you know us striving to have equal opportunity with the men or other sports it's how do we actually pull together to bring everybody up to me that means more I think I completely agree with you. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So you have right. players making six figures and you have players who or are... seven s- even. Some players make yeah. seven figures. Players making $15,000 a year. Yeah. And and that's tough. And and then there's just other... I, I truly believe like you can market anything to make it seem worth having. Like I believe that. We've seen that here. Right. This club began, what was it, January last year. And by the time it hit the middle of April, we had 20,000 paying fans in every single seat at Rio Tinto. Yeah. That wasn't because... Right. Of any other reason other than our marketing team and commercial department 
and the owner invested and went out and did an exceptional job to make it seem this day is worth coming to and it's worth paying money to get your bums in those seats and come and watch. And that shows that the way that it's possible to do. Right. And I've just read today and there's a huge pushback home and I probably am exposed to more of that media than the media here and the new English season will start in August and they're going to start with two big games which we would call derby games. Man United against Man City, like one of the biggest rivalries in English football and then also Tottenham Chelsea and they're both going to be played um, I think the Chelsea games at Stamford Bridge and the Man City games at the Etihad and I think incredible Yeah. but then I see that admissions free and I'm like yeah. that maybe takes away from the product in my opinion I, I think it's amazing and part of me thinks it's amazing they're letting people go for free but then I'm also like if I said to you I went to this concert this weekend it's free would you think it was a great concert would you be like oh I'd love to go to that uh, probably not but no. if I said to you I've got tickets to this concert it's really exclusive. There's hardly any tickets left. It cost me, yeah. And this is—I'm not saying they should sell tickets for this, but it cost me 150 dollars. You'd be like, "That's yeah. probably a legit concert." Yeah, let's do it. No, you make a really good point. And perceptions make a huge impact, and so I really do hope those games in England are packed. There's 11 million people watched the England USA game. The, I think that makes it the most watched show in the UK this year so far, which is a huge, a huge accolade for women's sport. But yeah. it only really matters is if it then becomes something that people are invested in and do want to do want to be involved in they do want to turn up they do want to get spend their money they yeah. want to sponsor they want to support they want to turn up and only time can tell but i i think now is the time to do it but who knows if if that's going to actually happen yeah i i've rambled we no, really no, no, digressed no. apologize no i think it's important that you said that because i think that um people expect us to always be like you know what any Happy, progress yeah. is good progress we got X amount of fans. That's amazing. But I also think progress there. You have to not be happy with, you know, getting something just because it's more fans or more this. Like we want to build something incredible. Yeah. And you have to you can't take any shortcuts like at all. No, I agree. So um, another very controversial subject. But again, I think talking about it is important. And I think. If you want to build something sustainable, yes, it's going to take time, but there's no shortcuts to it. There's no easy way. There's no... Right. You got to build the market. You got to make people want to be there. You want to you want to make people do anything to be in those seats. And I don't think we're there yet. And I'm hoping we get there one day, but it's going to be a tough road. Sure. Right. We draw a line under this? Draw a line under that? Just football? We, we done talking about it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And breathe. Okay. Therapy over. Um, and obviously, we would love to hear what you guys think about all this. Um, I think opinions are great. And I love hearing, you know, devil's advocate and everybody's, you know, separate opinion. Because I think that's what's special about, you know. Sure. If you could at Erica for the negative ones and stick to me for the positive. Sure. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we, um, on that, firstly, we haven't really promoted our social media, so we should do that because I like to do that. Um, it's at Rachel Carsey 14 and it is at E Timrak, T Y M R A K. Easy peasy. Okay, and we actually do have a new feature for you all. If you would like to hear your own voice on our podcast, you can, in fact, send in a voice note from your phone. Um, that way we can play it out and then actually respond to you. And so the best place to send that is digital at rsl.com. 
and our lovely producer ryan will fix us up with those and we'll get back to you next episode yeah and you know the the most creative opinions will be played on air and you'll get the fantastic responses from Corsi and i <laughs> fab. fab um okay guess what we've got still to do wow <laughs> the scottish wow. hashtag wow. wow um i had to look this look up or I had to look back at this um, earlier the word that we had in the Netflix Netflix wow use your words Rachel um, the word from the Netflix episode was napper did you ever guess I don't think you guessed I don't know do you know what it is um, can you just tell me the part of speech use your napper uh, use your head oh, was that right I hate when you get it well it was very like I don't want I want a subtle hint I don't want you to basically just like Use an expression and sub that word for it. Okay. Make me work for it, okay? Right. Got weird. Wait, what's the word you use? Peri- periwinkle? Piddly, <laughs> piddly dinkle? Pernickety. Pernickety. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is Scottish. I don't know. Oh, okay. It might be. Okay. I've never heard it. I mean, you, it's definitely used at home. Okay. Um. Anyway. Oh, that's that it's Scottish. I've had though. a couple of... Well, I've got a couple that I want to just mention that aren't the word of the week, but they're just a couple of extras because I know it's been a while and I just want to enhance everyone's Scottish learning. And so um, I actually took that with me. It was very fortunate. I reached out to a coffee roasters when I was home. It's just a small roasters in a place called Kinross. They're called Unorthodox. Um, Myself and Kim Little, coffee addicts, um, love their coffee. We reached out and they kindly provided us with a lot of coffee. Um, for the World Cup, oh. which was amazing, of course. Um, and I did have some left over, so I've taken it back here. Yay. And they actually call all their um, all their different kinds of coffee has a Scottish theme, obviously. It would make sense. Um, and so the current bag that I'm using is called Wee Stoter. Wee Stoter? Yeah. Um, and I guess a Stoter is a bit of like someone who's a bit of a bum. Okay, like, so like a little bum, a little bummish. You know, just like, I had to kind of describe my brother's just like four years ago when he was studying and still living at home and my sure. mom did, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's just a wee stoter. A wee stoter. Okay. I, th- um, I feel like He's going to be been, so offended by that. It's like also a bit of a Glasgow been. phrase, so. Okay. and But you're Edinburgh. I'm Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what that was. <laughs> um. Anyway, that was one that I just wanted to bring in. And then the other one, which was... Um, my friend James who's a physio back home who numerous times has put me back together such a great guy he saw me just before I flew back literally the day before I flew back and he's listened to the podcast he loves it which I appreciate people from back home listening obviously does he love my accent? he loves it so much okay. I, I mean okay. probably doesn't uh, <laughs> he wanted to have the word glake it used glake it? yeah like it yeah can you just give me the part of speech i just need um, that um oh it's hard in a sentence Glycate. um so glycic uh, no glycate g-l-a-i-k-i-t glycate like it all okay, right so we're going to stick with that because i quite like it but then the other one i'm going to put in is scunnered which i've been waiting to put this in this is my favorite word scunnered yeah i think i have an idea of what that means like probably the best description would be me in the 90 second minute yep. of the Argentina game when it should have still been another five more minutes to play I was scunnered scunnered all right yeah I definitely know what it is then which mildly describes how I was actually <laughs> feeling mildly okay like um, that's the most mild description possible on this planet 
Um, all right, well, then I'm not going to spoil it, and we'll no. see what the listeners have to say about so that. So we've got Glakit and Scunnard. Glakit. And if you want to call your little brother a wee stoter, then go for it. Wee stoter. I feel like I've been a wee stoter at one point. I believe that. <laughs> Probably last week. <laughs> when I binged <laughs> Gossip Girl yeah. for four days straight. Okay. There you go. Okay, well, I think it's probably time to wrap up. So, as always, um, we would like to say thank you to Mountaineer Studios, Draper, Utah. Um, and um, please listen and or subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify are your options. Yeah, and we'd love some reviews. Um, yeah, and send in your voice notes. Please do. It's been so good to be back. I'm so sorry it's taken me this long. Seven uh, weeks. But yeah. here we are. We're back. We're back. We're going to crush it. Can't wait till next time. And we out. Bye. Bye.